Hello, this is Maurice Harker. For almost 20 years, we've been building a team of hundreds of clinicians, coaches, mentors, and people just like you who have discovered and love to teach life-changing principles. Our coaches have made a special investment to make sure you can hear these messages. You will hear stories of triumphant healing from specialists and people having a real life just like you. We hope to increase your awareness that you are not alone and there are so many others who are enlisted in this work to train and heal the whole family. You will find these principles are an amazing synergy of the most accurate cutting-edge science with familiar gospel principles. We are passionate eternal warriors and we hope you will join us. Welcome. Thanks for joining us here at the Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast. You're back, and we're so happy to be back and with you. We're so appreciative of you listening. We love talking about these eternal warrior principles, and we are kind of going to focus on the eternal warrior principles, but we're going to add in some of the awesome resources, the books that are here at Life Changing Services that you might not know about. So we talked about the book, Like Dragons Did They Fight by Maurice Harker in our last coaches episode. And this coaches episode with the Eternal Warrior coaches today, I'm here with Kelly Webster and Rosalind Geertsen and myself, Karen Broadhead. And we're excited to share with you the book, Never a Happier Time, Lessons from the War Chapters of Alma on Achieving Greater Self-Mastery by J. Reuben Ayton and Maurice W. Harker, CMHC. So this is a book that you can download free on our website at lifechangingservices.org. You just scroll to the bottom of any of the web pages on that site, and you can, you'll see several books that you can download for free, and this is one of them. And, and yeah, in, in case you're a visual person like me, you won't remember the name of the book, but it's orange. And it has a guy in armor standing in front of a sunset or a sunrise. Yep, it's orange. That's what, that's what will help me look for the orange book. So, but really, it's so neat. At the very beginning of this book, we want to talk about five strategies that this book highlights. And we are hoping that it will be something that will lead into our next coaches episode, which will be covering the war chapters of the Book of Mormon, because we also promote the war chapters of the Book of Mormon as a resource in fortifying the principles and, and understanding the principles of the eternal warriors, groups, classes, and coaching. So just to start off in on page nine of this book in the introduction section, there's a quote by Elder Bednar that I just love. It says, at the May 2016 Air Force Academy Baccalaureate Service, Elder David A. Bednar counseled, study the Book of Mormon consistently, never stop feasting on the words of Christ in all the scriptures, but especially in the Book of Mormon. He encouraged the cadets to particularly read the Book of, Book of Alma. The chapters describing war between the Nephites and the Lamanites in the Book of Mormon are for you, he said. It is not merely about temporal tactics, but about facing spiritual battles. Learn the intent of the enemy. Study as a disciple of Christ with the focus of coming to battle against Lucifer and his legions. I love that he you know, was talking to a bunch of warriors, literally, 
And I think that same advice applies to all of us because we are eternal warriors. We're all enlisted before we came here. And we knew the eternal plan and that the Savior was the champion of that plan. It's Heavenly Father's plan, but he championed the plan by stepping forward and saying, send me. I'll be the captain. I'll lead. You know, I'll lead our family home. And so he won and claimed victory over any of the mistakes that we make in this life. And he also claimed the victory over death so that we could have all that the Father has. And so to just consider that, that studying as a disciple of Christ with the focus of coming to battle against Lucifer and his legions, as we consider the war chapters of the Book of Mormon or any of the things that we hear from modern-day prophets in general conference, we, Rosalind and I were just talking before the recording started that unless you kind of have an ear for or a heightened level of awareness, like, I do understand that, that the enemy is real and we are in a battle and enlisted even here on earth. It wasn't just a war in heaven. It was the war in heaven started even what's going on here, right? And so it's just been such a neat thing to just notice how much more aware we are when we listen to general conference. It happens every time I'm teaching people, coaching them or anything. I'm sure it happens to you too, Rosalind and Kelly, when people start understanding what's really going on here, the spiritual battle they're in. General conference becomes this whole new experience because they can hear it. And yeah, often, if it's not something we have an awareness of, it's almost like we don't even notice those things are said in general conference, that the prophets and apostles are always kind of mentioning and highlighting this spiritual battle that we're in and that the enemy is real. And it's important to understand how he does what he does and what to do about it. So, yeah. So let's see, Rosalind, would you mind just mentioning our five, the five strategies? Yeah. Yeah. I I love these. These are the five key strategies that the authors point out in our battle with the adversary that we are taught in the Book of Mormon. Number one, we fight for and with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Two, we fight from a place of love. Three, we draw a firm line in the sand on our standards. Four, we fight with a firm determination that excludes retreat. And five, we put on the whole armor of God. So excellent. Okay, so let's just start with number one, shall we? And we'll just kind of talk through that. So number one being we fight for and with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Ew, I love that. What would you gals share about that? I just want to share when I first took the Eternal Warriors course and I met one of the 
Well, and at first it was after I'd been in a couple and I met a, one of the mentors who's Kim Davis and she would always say, who are we? We are warriors. <laughs> you have us repeat that. We are warriors. And I was so unused to that thought that I was a warrior and it felt uncomfortable at first. But as I've studied the Book of Mormon, as I've listened in conference, I recognize really we are here to defend Christ and his cause. And we are to be warriors, and it is a fight. So I love that that's the first key strategy to know we fight for and with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that. I love what Karen said about how we get to be more in tune with what's being said in General Conference. And I was so excited about President Nelson's talk because he talked about the power that we have to rebuke the adversary. And I've had an, so many experiences like that. But as I went to the temple the first time after, I went bring the words that President Nelson said. And as I sat there in the temple, I realized that it's because I fight with Christ. It's because I have that covenant with him that I'm able to rebuke the adversary. It's his power that we're using. It's his power that helps us to go forward. And I so appreciate that insight that President Nelson gave us that we do have the power. We are the crushers. We're, you know, he can bruise us, but we are the crushers. But we can only be the crushers because we fight with Christ and can use his power through those covenants that we've made with him. So I I love that thought. I love that visual. I love the temple and I love the scriptures. It's, it all teaches me about how to draw on that power. <laughs> oh, so good. I've appreciated so much how this truth of we fight with and for our Savior, Jesus Christ, how it's helped me to kind of reframe the, the deliverer the savior, the protector, the redeemer isn't necessarily me. You know, I have a role in guiding, teaching, helping people that I love. But if I'm not doing it with and for him, first and foremost, then I can kind of be, have some distorted thinking from the adversary that tells me that because I'm a parent, or a grandparent, because I have a stewardship or because I have a strong opinion about something, that it is my responsibility to make sure that other people are, you know, understand those things and don't fall off the covenant path or don't do things that are, that are, you know, uncomfortable and, and makes, make us feel afraid or embarrassed even, right? But when I realize Okay, everybody's on a journey. And another way to say that is everybody's going to battle. Everybody's going to battle. We are at war. And we should not try to avoid battle because it's something that happens every day. And because that happens every day, everybody's going to be wounded. Meaning we're going to get messy, going to make mistakes. We're not going to know exactly how to do this. But that 
because of Jesus Christ that we are connected to, fighting with, for him, we, we are victorious even before we know how to fix everything. If we just stay connected to him through it all, in it all, even in the messy, and I could identify my role is to support his saving work. I totally align in my desire to bring to pass the success of people that I love, just like he, his work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of his children. Anyway, I just know that's so fighting with him and for him brings me so much more comfort. It supports my identity. It helps me to know where my power lies and that I need to separate it from trying to save everything and do a lot more trying to turn to the Savior for me so that I can support him by the way that I show up in a whole-brained way and approach things in a Christ-like way. Okay, so the second key strategy in this book is we fight from a place of love. Yeah, what would you gals share about that? Oh, to me, it means the real battle is to have the Spirit with us at all times. Because if we have the Spirit with us, then we, f we can win our battles. And so it's out of love for the plan that Heavenly Father and Christ have for us. It's out of love for them that we can, we can feel that warrior chemistry and feel like, I am going to do this. I'm going to do this. With their help, I'm determined. It's just love instead of like anger against the adversary. I don't like that feeling. I like feeling I'm doing this out of love for the Savior. And with him, I can do it. Mm -hmm. So awesome. And I, I love that because I, I have the same feelings of, you know, I, I always remember and I, I can say always almost now, I will say 99.9% .9 of the time now, I remember who my real enemy is. And so when I get frustrated and irritated and with people, I, comes to my mind immediately they're not my enemy and as soon as that comes to my mind I can turn that back over to love but one of the things that I like about this too is that when we fight with love when we come from a place of love love and it helps me so much to come from that place where fear is not present that I am with my Savior and I'm coming with love. So when I have to have hard conversations, I don't have to be a... And I love that thought. I love that feeling. I love being in a place now in my life. Mm, so good. Yeah. I so appreciate, you know, the example of Captain Moroni and so many things in there. You know, that whole story connected to Captain Moroni and all of, you know, Helaman and Tian Kim, all of them, and their fierce determination to fight from a place of love. And I love that it mentions the love of mothers for their sons. And 
the love of sons for mothers and what their mothers taught them. And I'm sure the reason that they said we do not doubt that our mothers knew it is because their mothers taught what they knew from a place of love, not just a love from for their sons, but first and foremost, a love for the Savior. And all that he said he had restored and for us through his atonement, because those boys' mothers were, you know, the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, right? And so for them to, to have this new understanding, this spiritual understanding of who Jesus Christ was, and then to bury their weapons and change their lives. And anyway, they went from that extreme to now this extreme. And they were approaching what they were doing with their families, I'm sure, in such a different way. And so their sons, I'm sure, believe that. But the title of liberty, it says, in memory of our our religion and our freedom, our peace and our wives and our children. That's in Alma 46.12. But yeah, that the words on that title of liberty were kind of simple right? Like, let's just get to the point. What are we fighting for? What do we love most? What do we value the most? What's the priority here? And remind ourselves and post this so every warrior will remember what their deepest love and commitment is. And it's our God, our religion, our freedom, our peace, our wives, and our children. And one thing that always stands out to me there, all of them do, but the, but peace, that's something we fight for inside of us, right? We want peace in the land, peace in our family, but we need peace in us first in order to even accomplish any of that. So that's what these eternal warrior principles are teaching. So I just love that. Yeah, I'd love that this book highlights that strategy of we fight from a place of love. So the third strategy is we draw a firm line in the sand. That's cool. We draw a firm line in the sand on our standards. So good. Yeah. So the standard of liberty is what first comes to my mind. You know? Yeah. The point that is made in this book. First, he talks about how Moroni refused to negotiate terms with the enemy. So, when the, and in other stories in the Book of Mormon, when somebody, the enemy wants the leader to come down and meet them, they just, the, when they're wise, they refuse to negotiate. They say, no, this is what we stand for, and we are not going to compromise. Mm. And I think that's. That's how we can win our battles is if we just draw that firm line and never, ever compromise. So good. I, I noticed in Alma 43, too, that they knew the enemy well enough to know. In 10, it says, for they knew that if they should fall into the hands of the Lamanites, that whosoever should worship God in spirit and in truth, the true and living God, the Lamanites would destroy. So knowing knowing that they would be destroyed if they did not draw that line in the sand, if they did not hold true to those things that they were fighting for, they would 
be destroyed. I think that really helps us to, to be completely aware of the promises that God has made to us if we do hold true and hold that line, but also re- realizing and having that firm understanding of what happens when we don't hold the line. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think that, you know, like hold up the standard, right? Draw the line in the sand and, or be a standard to the nations, right? Like we hear that kind of language. And so just the drawing a firm line in the sand on our standards. In order to do that, I think, you know, we just talked about fighting from a place of love and that Captain Moroni identifying, here's here's what we're fighting for, these things. Let's get this right down to a very succinct, prioritized, we really like this. This is what we're fighting for. But you can identify what you're fighting for, but if you don't understand the why you're fighting so hard for it, right? And why you're not going to give up on that, right? Then it's really hard to remember where that line in the sand was. And so anyway, I just love that, you know, in Elm 43, verse 9, it kind of says their why of their title of liberty. It says, and now the design of the Nephites was to support their lands their houses and their wives and their children, that they might preserve them from the hands of their enemies and also that they might preserve their rights, their privileges, yea, and also their liberty, that they might worship God according to their desires. So not only did they say, so what are we fighting for? You know, they didn't just say, well, freedom. You know what I mean? And everybody was like, yeah. They had to say, why do we like freedom? Why? Why do we like freedom? What does freedom do for us? Why do we want to worship? Why do we say we fight for worshiping? You know, like that's something we have to do. Personally, I have to do that on the daily to say, okay, why are you going to do this again? What are you doing here, girl? What's your line in the sand? Right? Because I can, I know why I, you know, kind of this overarching thought of, well, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. This is what I fight for. But unless I remember why I want to do that and get kind of underneath that, then it's super hard for me to maintain my line in the sand. So I would just encourage everybody out there to to notice that when you are setting your standard, your line in the sand, it's important for you to not only know what you fight for, but why and remind yourself of your why. And that's why every, in every, you know, program that has to do with self-mastery here at Life Changing Services, people answer the question, why are you fighting and why don't you just give up? I ask my one-on-one clients to answer that when I meet with them. When we're in a group class, it's especially powerful because other women get to hear each other why they want to keep that line in the sand and what for what they're fighting for. Okay, so the fourth, the fourth strategy is we fight with a firm determination that excludes retreat. So good. I loved how in the book he talks about Antipas and his men, and they were so 
they were depressed, they'd fought valiantly by day and night, and they'd suffered great afflictions, and it said, and now they were determined to conquer in this place or die. And he says that there are times that we need to burn our bridges of retreat and decide to conquer or die. We just have to be that strong. Like you said, Karen, we just have to have very clear why so that we can stay strong and say, no, it's that important to me. I am going to do what I determined to do. Mm. You know, one of my favorite quotes comes from President Kimball, and he says that the most important word in the dictionary is remember. And I know as we are talking about this, like you said, you have to get up every day and fight to do your morning routine. For me, it's a morning routine where I'm studying my scriptures. I'm writing my letters to God. I'm going through my affirmations and my declarations. And I'm doing all the things on my mom power calendar. You know, why am I doing that? And all I have to do is take a minute to remember what life was like before I had that determination. But I'm not leaving this bedroom without doing those things. I remember how hard it was to be nice to my family when I didn't do these things. I remember how hard it was when the adversary would fill my mind with all these negative thoughts about myself. It only takes me two seconds when I remember my why to be right back to being determined to fulfill this commitment to myself that I'm going to do this morning routine every day without fail. Beautiful, Kelly. Thing. Yeah, it's amazing. So just fighting with a determination that excludes retreat reminds me of the song, We Are All Enlisted Till the Conflict is Over, right? The hymn that we sing in our, you know, from the hymnal, our church hymnal, you know, we are all enlisted till the conflict is over. Happy are we, happy are we. Soldiers in the army, there's a bright crown in store. We shall win and wear that crown by and by, right? So just, yeah, we don't retreat. We're going to do this till the conflict is over. And I just encourage you to who are listening to just go look up the lyrics of that song. I There's one portion of it, haste to the battle, quick to the field. I believe it's truth is our helmet, buckler, and shield. Fight for our colors. Proudly they wave. We're joyfully, joyfully marching to our home. You know, like we're in this. And because of Jesus Christ, and doing this with him and for him, we have nothing to fear. So let's be happy about going to battle every day. That just is an oxymoron, right? So, but in order to do that, you do, you have to have this shift of, I can have joy in battle. Is that a thing? I can feel peace in a storm. Is that really real? You know, so to, but it's not really real until you could see this spiritual warfare that we're in how to reclaim your personal power through Jesus Christ and then stay with this, you know, with this intense determination 
that excludes retreat. You know what? No matter what, no matter how bad this hurts, no matter how much I don't understand this, and that this reoccurs in my life like a theme, it's this burden I carry, all this whole mortality life, right? I'm carrying this. I will not retreat. So we have to get really firm in our in our determination in the fight and who we're fighting for, what we're fighting for, why we're fighting for that, and that we don't retreat. We, we can take a rest. We can ponder for a bit. We can ask questions. But we are on the right, we're in the right jersey, right? We don't want to retreat. Okay, Kelly? Well, I just love what you're saying, that we can have joy. And I'm going to give you the Kelly Webster definition of joy. So this Webster definition says, joy is knowing my Heavenly Father and my Savior and that I am doing the things that they are proud of and want me to do. When I do that, it doesn't matter what's going on around. When I know that I act in my value system, when I'm in alignment with them and I can feel that assurance that I'm on this, the right path, I feel joy no matter what the mess it has been such a gift to realize that joy isn't necessarily having my peeps do what I want them to do or having my scales say that I have a certain number on them. Joy comes from feeling, for me, from feeling that assurance that I'm on the path and I'm and fighting the way the Lord wants me to. So that's, I, I, I love that you brought that out, so that we can have that joy. Thank you so much. Okay, the fifth strategy that this book highlights is we put on the whole armor of God. So cool. Yeah, I've been. I've been doing something lately because I think I've shared in these meetings before how Satan was really messing with me about my husband coming home from work and not going to work and it kind of overtaking my warrior, my warrior routine in the morning, right? What I'd set up for myself and how it was hard for me to get another routine. And it's been kind of neat. I have a ledge that overlooks my living room. And so it's something that I'm calling the ledge pledge. So I've just decided I'm just going to move outside the door of my room. And while everybody's still asleep, I have this little routine that I go through. And yeah, saying that, yeah, armor of God, you know, the, you know, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, for we fight not against flesh and blood right? But against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, you know, put on the whole armor of God that you may be, be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Anyway, but it just goes through the, all the armor. So that's part of my ledge pledge is I'm thinking, I'm going to totally memorize that from that all the way down to where it says, and once you have all your armor on, then you remember this is how you pray. And this is who you pray for. And, um, 
and that you not only pray for the people you love and for the courage to preach the truths of the gospel for which you're an ambassador in bonds to stand for that, right? That, that I might speak boldly as I ought to speak is how that ends. And so I'm not just praying for all those people. I'm praying for myself, it says, that I can do this, that I can, that I have all this armor on and I know I'm, who I'm fighting against, who the real enemy is. And yeah, I just love just having a new routine that I'm working on, but it's been fun to just really, I love that when I'm trying to memorize something, I get so many spiritual insights into what it is I'm trying to memorize. So anyway, I've had fun, you know, memorizing all of that in Ephesians. I think it's Ephesians 6 and it goes from verse, yeah, verse 10 to the end of the chapter. You know, Karen, one of the things I love about putting on my armor is I visualize I am putting on armor. And so when things start going a little bit awry in my day, I can remind myself, hope, wait, stop. I have on my armor. I don't have to take this. I don't have to let that penetrate this shield. I am protected. And it reminds me that I am, again, with my Savior fighting. He is there helping me. And that I just need to decide to remember that I'm hooked up with him, that I am protected. And it helps cast out that fear. Because I don't know about anybody else, but that seems to be one of the biggest battles that I face is that I start getting in a place of fear. That's when I realize, wait, I need to stop and remember. I've got that armor. I did that. I second guess a lot about decisions I make. And knowing that I've put on that armor every morning and remembering that I'm fighting with the Savior and the promises he's made to me, that I will have the Spirit with me when I do that, helps me to go forward in confidence with the decisions that I made. And so I love that visual in my mind. I'm, I'm protected. I have that armor. I have those promises. And I have my buddy, my battle buddy, to help me. And it, it really helps, especially with that fear that sometimes can overtake me when I have all these decisions that I have to make. And it brings to mind in the temple, the first thing we do in the temple gives us armor and protection and promises there. And in the book, he says, putting on the whole armor of God requires thoughtfulness and our full attention. And I just picture myself actually putting on real armor and how carefully would a warrior be putting on each part of that armor before he steps out into the battle. And I can picture that same thing. And it does. It just makes you feel like with Christ, you're invincible. He'll be there with us. So good. All right. So never a happier time. That's this book that we're sharing with you today by Reuben Ayton and Maurice Harker. Both of them are, you know, they're our pals here at Life Changing Services and we love them and appreciate all their efforts, and they, they compiled this together. So I'm just going to read something, their hope. 
they have as the reader of this book that you'll discover. Each of us is encouraged by Nephi to read the words by the power, to read the words of this, of his book by the power of the Spirit, and to liken them unto ourselves. This book will hopefully inspire its readers to search these chapters with at least one question in mind. What can these teach me about my own deliverance from captivity to enjoy a life of liberty and self-mastery? For, for those diligently seeking, there are even more answers to be found than those identified here. In the following pages, we will outline and expand on the many lessons that we've learned from these powerful chapters. As you read them, we invite you to think about how they apply to your current battles or possible battles you may face as you go through this life. We hope that as you apply the principles from this book, that you will discover, like the people of Nephi, that regardless of the wars raging around them, around them, there never was a happier time among the people of Nephi. We believe that you can have the same joy during the war that rages on and in this mortal experience. So thanks for joining us today, everybody. Again, you can, a hard copy of this book is awesome because you can mark it all up and kind of do it a study with your scriptures, but, and that's in our store at Life Changing Services, but you can get a free download of this book at the bottom of any website page at lifechangingservices.org. And again, you can find the Eternal Warrior Coaches on the support and training tab on that same website. There's a, a menu that drops down and you just click on the coaches page. And we'd love to talk to you and work with you and help you understand these Eternal Warrior principles and how life-changing they can be in your life as well. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for listening. As you can see, we are very enlisted in what we have learned and hope to teach. If you have found today's message inspiring, please share this podcast with family and friends so others can enjoy and be edified along with us. Be sure to download the free book that holds all the core principles behind what we teach. This book is called Like Dragons Did They Fight. You will find a link for that free download at Like Dragons Free. And remember, you can find all the life-changing resources, programs, and trainings needed for you and your family at lifechangingservices.org.